Welcome to the House School Podcast. My name is Shane Allen from Keller Williams. Joined as always by my good friend and yours, Justin Kiesel from All County Home Inspections. Justin, how are you? Good. Good to be here. I say as always, as if we didn't just do a podcast where I was uh, on death's doorstep sick and you did it by yourself. So. I know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That was that one was different, but uh, but we had some good stuff. He he, uh, he had some good input. Absolutely. So I guess I'll say as mostly Shane and Justin. Um, but per usual, if you've not listened to the House School podcast before, how it goes is we teach you about your home whether you are a new homeowner or you are in the market to buy a home uh, or you've owned a house forever and just don't know anything about it. Uh, We try to break it down for you into different segments. Today we'll be talking about heating because right now here in Western New York, we're in the thick of winter, even though it's been fluctuating. Uh, It has been very strange, the weather here recently. We went from an insane snowstorm that literally killed people just down the road from us in Buffalo to it was like 50 degrees. I was wearing shorts the other day. It doesn't make any sense, but we're going to talk about heating systems. Just a couple of fast facts before we get into it. Um, Heating your home uses more energy and costs more money than any other system in your home. Absolutely. Typically, I've seen different estimates, but typically it makes up about 30% of your utility bill. Yep. It could be more. Uh, less than half of homeowners think that their home is energy efficient when it comes to heating. And this was just an interesting one. 78% of men I found would rather put on clothes than turn up the heat in their home. <laughs> yeah. It's always the fight with the thermostat, right? Just Dad, Dad's yeah. always like the gatekeeper when it comes to that. And it really, it is a dad thing because, you know, before I had my son, I I was like, let's turn it up to Bahamas level. I don't care. Let's go. Sure. Now I'm just like, let's, uh, let's all put on jackets. I know you can yeah. see your breath <laughs> yeah, yeah. inside, but that's just fun. We'll pretend like we're smoking cigarettes. You know, it'll be fun. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, so let's talk it down. So this is heating systems 101. This is the bare bones Obviously, you can get much more in depth, but we want to give you just a brief overview. And Justin's here to correct me as I get things wrong. But essentially, sure. there's two big types of heating systems. You've got forced air systems and you've got radiant systems. Yes. For- forced air, they use a blower or a fan. They pull air into the system that's heated and then circulated throughout the home. Yep. It, it's got ductwork. It's got a blower. It's got a heating unit. Uh, it's got exchangers inside the air handler cabinet. It's got the ductwork, right? That's carrying the air into the room. It's got ductwork that's carrying it out of the room, circulating this hot air and cool air, right? Let's go. Absolutely. Pros and cons, right? Pros of the forced air system, because it's heating the air, right? And forcing the air, uh, hence forced air system. Yep. It tends to warm up homes quicker. Uh, air is naturally dehumidified through these systems. So that can be a plus, but in the winter, that's why a lot of you know, people in Western New York are running humidifiers in their rooms because it's just, you get chalky. Um, some dust and allergens are filtered out of the air because of the filters with these, uh, you know, forced air systems. The yep. cons is they can be noisy. Um, they've got, you know, metallic squeaks that happen. They've got loose connections. So it can be a little noisy maintenance is required duct cleaning. 
You want to mm-hmm. you want to change your air filter out frequently, um, Justin monthly. Yeah, I mean you. I mean you hit it all right on the on the head there. But so as far as the filters go, yeah. each filter is a little bit different. Like you can yeah. get get different grades of filters. So like the on the cheapest end of things, you want to do it probably every month, uh-huh. and then you can get some pretty expensive ones that will go like every six months or or more and um you know those are going to be like custom installation type of units sure but um but yeah you you do you do need to change those it's a it's it's something that you would have to budget for annually as far as like purchasing filters know where they are change them when they need to be changed few other cons of the forced air system uh inconsistent heating could be possible in larger homes uh, that's the biggest especially Mm-hmm. Long ducts, obviously, is going to take longer to get to certain parts of your home. Yep. Um, also, with the combustible fuel, it creates carbon monoxide gas. Justin, are there any other pros and cons you can think of with the forest air systems? No, you really, you really hit it. Um, the, the really, if you compare the two between radiant and forced air, the the drawbacks, the, the I would say the biggest drawbacks are going to be number one, the the forced air is going to be noisy mm-hmm. uh, to an extent. You're going to hear air moving throughout the house, um, and the inconsistent heat, the fluctuation of heat. So it kind of gets cold, it gets warm, it gets cold, it gets warm. Whereas the radiant heat stays more. Uh, uniform throughout the house it doesn't doesn't have a rise and fall as much as the force air does so since you brought up let's let's talk right about it then the radiant systems right yep they rely on convection to heat the air and make it circulate through the home Mm -hmm. Um, so probably the the one you've seen most likely is a boiler system absolutely Um, what's going to happen instead of blasting hot air into a room taking out the cold air or whatever the, there's a central boiler, heats the water, heats water, pumps it out to the rooms of your home through pipes. Those coils, right, they give off heat. That hot air rises, cold air comes down, that air gets warmed, that cycle continues, boom, your house gets warmer like that. Yep. yep. So um, pros with these, they're relatively inexpensive to buy install and maintain um easier to practice zone heating which means that you know if you want let's say your living room to be warmer than your bedroom or vice versa however you want to do it or maybe certain times of the day if you got a smart thermostat you want this room to be cooler you can set that up it's much easier to do that and regulate that than with the forced air yeah absolutely cons um because the systems are passive it tends to be slower, right? Mm-hmm. Cause it's not forcing out the cold air. It's yep. relying on heating up that air. So it takes a little bit longer. Um, also there's not those filters, right? So dust and allergens from the air in some cases um, stick around. Also it can, can be not as uh, energy efficient as well. Correct. Once again, Justin, did I miss any, anything with radiant systems and pros and cons of them? No, I mean, I mean, that's a, that's, again, you, you hit it, you hit it all. So, you know, the, the big thing with that is um, the, the nice thing with, with those is like, like you said, 
your whole house is warm. It's basically heating the house and everything that's inside of it. So you, you, you can, you can walk around on the floor and especially if you have radiant floor heating, mm-hmm. um, your feet feel warm and all that, which is a big plus. I see that a lot in like bathrooms when new bathrooms get renovated or, or new installs. Um, they, they elect for a lot of times, uh, electric radiant floor heating, and it's really comfortable, especially in the middle of February when you're when you're up early and, and your feet are warm instead mm-hmm. of feeling freezing cold. Yeah. So uh, that's, yeah, that's this is definitely plus. like a sock, sock required type of heating is what I'd say. Right. Because it's yeah. cold air right <laughs> yeah. on the yeah. ground. You're going to want to wear some socks. You're going to be Absolutely. dealing with some electrical shocks. This is what I have in in my home. And I know, you know, in the notes, we're, we're saying that um, it. It's technically quieter than forced air, but I can tell you right now, I have like a not a, not a wildly old, old home, but I have an older home. It's a half split, and we have this going on. And when it kicks on, you can tell where the pipes are not <laughs> properly. Like, uh, so you hear the ticking, right? Yes, it's yes. very it's loud. You can and you can hear it in different sections of the home and stuff like yep. that, but. Um, so yeah. what you're actually hearing there is the expansion of the pipes. So as as your copper lines start to heat up, uh, there's a there's a number for like uh, x x number of for per per x number of feet there is an amount of expansion that will occur over over a temperature rise. And so what you're actually hearing is the 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 pipes getting longer as they get they get warm and they rub against their brackets or a wall or something like that. And that causes the ticking sound, which can be maddening sometimes, but yeah, it's probably what's going to cause my wife to kill me at some point, but it's just, you know, it's a slow drip, right? It's a ticking time bomb, Um, but Hey, what are you going to do? Bottle it up. It, uh, it does a good job of warming the house though. We did install a smart thermostats in the home. And uh, we have the zone heating, which has been yep. pretty good. Um, <clears throat> I mean, I, I can't speak to how much we're saving because we had forced air before, mm-hmm. but I, I, it seems pretty, pretty even, honestly. But um, we also had a smaller home before, so it's tough to really tell. Yeah. You know, it's, it's going to be, it's, I would say as far as efficiency goes, you can, you can put in a, a new efficient boiler versus um, an 80% efficient or, or less boiler. And the, and the same can be said for a forced hot air furnace. You can put in a 95% efficient furnace or you can put in an 80% efficient furnace. So yeah, it's really where you're going to be uh, getting your savings is where, what kind of equipment is installed in the house. Well, that's a perfect segue. Cause yeah, I want to talk about, the heat sources themselves. So yeah, let's, let's get into furnaces, right? That's what we were talking about with the forced air system. Yep. Your furnace is what's going to heat the air and uses a blower motor hits that, you know, puts out the heated air into the air ducts distributed throughout the house. Yep. Lifespan of these systems about 15 to 30 years, Justin. Yeah. For, for a furnace, you can expect, um, yeah, that full swing as far as like 15 to 30 years, 35, you know, I've, I've seen, I've seen older furnaces kicking around from the seventies still, um, or, or earlier. So, I mean, it's, it's, it's totally a crapshoot, honestly, with your equipment, but, um, I I've seen, I've seen gravity furnaces from the thirties that are still operating and, uh, it's rare, but, but I do see them. So 
it's yeah i mean that that comes down to your you know regular maintenance and uh, how you're keeping up with your system you can you can yep. probably make it last longer yeah. um yeah no i've definitely walked through a home with a client recently and we're we're looking at i was like well see this furnace here it's a little bit older and uh he just went um yeah no i actually have the same one in my home and i can tell you for sure it's 100 percent older than you are shane and it's still kicking <laughs> yeah, so yeah. not worried about it um, yeah, yeah, definitely well over 40 years, but that's just the, you know, typical lifespan of them. Fuel that, that, uh, you know, helps with these furnaces, the fuel, sorry, that's used with furnaces, natural gas, propane, it could be oil, uh, yep. it could be electric. Yep. Um, I looked up the typical, like average furnace replacement is going to run you the, this is once again, just a wide range. It could be two grand to closer to $6,000. Yeah. But if you're going to go for a high efficient furnace, it could be more like three to $10,000. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah or you, you could be, you even could more. get into, you can get into anything, you know? And, and so like, yeah, exactly. They, they, the, the prices can range from like um, on the, on the cheapest side of thing, a couple, you can buy, you can buy one yourself and try and put it in for like a couple hundred bucks um, so, so they, it can go from a couple hundred to many thousands, you know? And yeah, that's, that's for the furnace itself, right? That's, so that's exactly. not, that would be assuming that your house already has ductwork in place and the ducts are exactly good to go. It could yeah. be even more depending on that system. Sure. Boilers. That's what we were talking about with the radiant system. That's what's going to be, uh, heating up the water or steam that's going to be pushed through the pipes in your home. That's heating up your house. Yep. Same type of lifespan. I'm seeing boilers, 15, 30 years, um, fuel with those natural gas, propane, heating oil, uh, mm-hmm. biodiesel blends. Yeah. I've seen that too. Yeah. Um, it could be electric as well. Standard, uh, a boiler replacement could run you two to $7,000 high efficiency. Yep. It's more like four to 10. So yeah. pretty similar, um, than with your furnaces, I- but yeah. The only thing I would disagree in is the uh, the lifespan. Typically, I see boilers last way longer. So usually, really? when I'm talking to a client, yeah, I usually say that the lifespan is like thirty to fifty years, and that's just from field experience and sure. and talking to HVAC contractors. Just because there's like no moving parts inside there. There's a burner that runs across a heat exchanger that mm-hmm. has the water running through it, and that's about it. There's, there's recirculating pumps and those, those can be swapped out and replaced, but you don't have a heat exchanger that is, I want to say like less, not as robust as a, which is what you would have in a forced hot air furnace, you mm-hmm. know, um, typically with a boiler, it's going to be a cast iron heat exchanger and the ones in a, in a furnace is going to be like stamped, you know, pot metal, stainless steel, something, something like that. And they don't last as long. Even with like, so sediment buildup and stuff like that. Yeah. I mean, that okay. could, that could be flushed and that could be maintained, you know? Um, but I would just say as a standing rule, yeah. uh, boilers do last longer than furnaces. Okay. And so that's one of those things too, where um, to factor in, if you're thinking about buying a home stuff like that, Things mm-hmm. might have to get replaced. Cleaning, you know, cleaning out that sediment is an option. It could yep. rescue it. Um, 
But honestly, I think I've heard from a lot of people that are just like the cost of cleaning it versus just the cost of replacing it. It's just, it doesn't, you know, yeah, it's, not, it's not that huge of a difference. Yeah. You're talking about doing a full flush on the whole system. And mm-hmm. that's, you know, that's going to take, you're going to be paying a contractor to do that for like a day. You're going to be yeah. down a day and, yeah. and whatever the cost would be for that might, might be uh, comparable to a new install. Heat pumps, another one oh, yeah. we should talk about. Um, definitely getting a lot more popular nowadays. Um, heat pumps, they can either take heat from the ground or air. Um, then that goes from the ground or air from around the home, obviously. And then that would increase the temperature with the heat pump. That temperature uh, would then get shot out to the home. So it could be forced air or radiant, right, Justin? Um, yep. So... If it's if you're taking it from the ground, right, that's where it's going to go into the radiant because it's going to be relying more on water, right? P- p- possibly. So, okay. so you can have you can have a heat pump. You can have an air sourced or a ground source. So, typically, if you have a ground sourced uh, heat pump, everybody knows it as geothermal. Mm-hmm. You know that's that's a geothermal system. And, and so like I have an air, air sourced heat pump at my house, I have all electric and that's, that's my heat pump does the bulk of my heating. So, um, it runs through an air handler. It looks just like a furnace. Mm-hmm. It sounds just like a furnace. It acts just like a furnace, but it's not, it's not a furnace by, by definition, we just call it an air handler. It has, it has secondary heat sources. It has like a bank of, of heaters. Uh, that will come on if the temperature gets too low outside, which basically turns it into a giant hairdryer. Mm-hmm. And uh, I cringe every time I see that because I know my meter is just spinning outside. Sure. And uh, it's super expensive. But um, but basically, a heat pump works, like you said, moving heat from one place to another. And um, an air source heat pump basically finds heat outside and uh and and moves it inside and and the geothermal system uh utilizes that stable 50 degree temperature that's kind of in the ground all year long and it moves it inside or moves heat from your house to that that 50 degree temperature we call it a heat sink and uh and that's that's basically you're you're drawing heat from it or you're putting heat to it so correct me if i'm wrong but i've seen some people installing heat pumps in conjunction with their with their other systems oh yeah yeah so absolutely that brings down the the, the fuel costs um yeah. stuff like that your utility bill what do you think is a lifespan for a heat pump uh well uh you can kind of gauge it as the same as like an air conditioner because they essentially are an air conditioner uh they just have the ability to run backwards and forwards for lack of a better word um, so it's kind of just like anything else. I usually tell people between 15 and 25 years on yeah. something like that. The one that I have at my house, I am, I I've signed the paperwork for a replacement. I'm just waiting on a new one. Uh, I haven't, you know, the, like everything else, every, the getting the materials is just slow. Mm-hmm. Um, but mine's from 92 and it's the first second week of 2023 so it's it's uh it's definitely past its serviceable life okay. um 
but it all depends on your unit, depends on if it's been cleaned, it depends on a lot of things. So, you know, they, I usually say 15, 25 years, something like that. We're saying, I think is cost to replace, but I saw five to 12. (laughs) Or is that more of an install? Yeah. So like, I don't know. It it depends a lot. So again, because like if you have a gas furnace and Mm -hmm. you're like, I want to install cooling, but I actually want to supplement some of my heat. So let's go for a heat pump. You can expect between like four and eight, I would say. Um, if you're going to go with like a whole new system, I just, I, uh, I'll just tell you, I just, I just signed the paperwork for $17,000 for, for a new unit and a new air handler. So um, granted it's like, it's the highest end of things just because it's the only system I have in the house to, to make everything run. Mm-hmm. And um, this, the, the newest, this one in particular, will be efficient down to, it'll produce 80% heat down to negative five degrees outside. So that's going to reduce the amount of time that my auxiliary heat is going to be coming on. So hopefully, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of I'm betting on this, but hopefully that new system is going to, in the long term, save me money. So I'm, I'm front loading the money, but but hopefully I'm, I'm getting it on the back end of things. And that's yeah. kind of how you have to look at all of your heating systems when you, when you do an investment like that. For sure. For sure. Speaking of that, that brings us right into uh, our next system, which is uh, next source, excuse me, active solar heating. Not, yeah. uh, I, you can speak to how popular it is. I don't see it much when I'm out and about. Um, oh. But essentially the sun heats a liquid or air in a solar collector, which turns into heat for the home. It can be, you know, that could be on demand or it could be saved in that uh, collector. Uh, I'm seeing lifespans estimate around uh, 20 plus years with them. Yeah. The fuel is obviously the sun, which is, you know, you're not, they're not charging for that yet. They're going to find a way. (laughs) Yeah. But they're not charging for sunlight yet. Yeah. They'll, <clears throat> once, they'll find a way to meter it. Yeah, once RG&E can get a meter on the sun, uh, there'll probably be a dome involved. I don't know. There's there's probably meetings about it, but I'm not involved with them. Um, active solar heating, obviously, it's like Justin was saying with the heat pump. It's going to be your initial installation going to be expensive. Yeah. But ultimately, the idea is to reduce your fuel bill in the long run. I see solar panels, so photovoltaic, so panels that convert sun into electricity way more than I've seen just a heat-based uh, solar system. I'm trying to think back out of out of all the inspections I've ever done, I might have seen two mm. houses that, that have this system. I could think of one in particular, and, and the system was not in use. It had been shut down. Um, it was, it just, it was old. It looked like it had been installed in maybe the early eighties. I want to say really. Okay. Yeah. And, and it was more popular back, back in the day. Like it was, I, I, so like my aunt and uncle's house, um, they had one when they moved in and that was also installed in, in that era. 
again, it, it was not even in use when they bought the house probably 20 years ago. So um, they, they, they've kind of gone by the wayside. It, I think it was one of those things where it sounded like a really good idea, but it just is not feasible, you know, particularly in our area where our temperatures are just not conducive to making it efficient, sure. you know, on a, on a yearly basis. Like if you're in a more stable climate, if we get a lot more sun, like if you're in somewhere, I don't know, south to us, like maybe North Carolina or, or kind of somewhere between that, that middle of the, of the country, it would, it would be more, um, it would make more sense there. But, but here where, where we just get down too cold, just doesn't work south you know south enough from us where they do get some snow and it but it doesn't shut down the city like they know how to deal with it right 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 okay i feel you also uh electric heating another heat source pretty straightforward right electricity converted to heat sure Um, you know space heater being a you know quick example of that yeah a couple different ways like like uh electric baseboard heating, uh, mm-hmm. radiant electric, or, or I would equate like, um, like my house that, that has the heat pump. That's all electric. Okay. You know? So, so uh, I guess the pros of electric heating equipment, relatively inexpensive, usually more higher f- efficiency, but the operations cost can be higher than, you know, using other fuel sources. Right. Cor- correct. Yeah. So yeah, that's ex- that's it exactly. So like when my heat banks come on, I was I was telling you like my meter just spins. The energy input to heat output is about one to one, and when the um, heat pump is running, the energy input to heat output is about one to four. So so you're paying way more. Like especially if you just have um, electric baseboard heating um, for for each each little unit of heat that comes out of it versus versus natural gas that um, the, the amount of heat that, that it produces per energy in is a lot more. So that's, and like I was saying before, that's kind of that, that uh, equation that you have to kind of roll around in your head. If you're, if you're uh, savvy, you just write it down on paper and kind of go through those numbers be like, okay, what's, what's actually feasible and what's going to make more sense for, for my, for my house. Yeah. Anything else we should touch on as far as like heat sources and and types and stuff like that, I guess, what are you seeing out there as an inspector that you would be like, okay, people should definitely know about this. We didn't cover. I would say the only one that we didn't cover is going to be like a biofuel, like, like wood or, or something like that. Sure. Yeah. You know, that's, that's, um, I do see, I see it fairly often. Uh, usually it's supplemented by uh, a natural gas or propane furnace or oil or something like that. And people use either wood stoves or um, an outside wood boiler, which is pretty interesting. It kind of looks like a little shed and you build a huge fire inside of it and it has piping that runs from the shed to the house and, mm-hmm. um, and you can, you can heat your house, you know, like a normal, you know, it, you don't have a wood stove, you don't have, you know, fire inside the house, it's all outside, and then it moves the heat inside. So pretty, pretty interesting. Um, but there are zoning restrictions, it, it, you know, 
you're building a fire every every day, maybe even twice a day. So it's uh, very labor intensive to do something like that. Sure. Um, so I guess we'll we'll end on this. Just some quick heating tips because it, like it, like we've talked about with each one of these systems, right? When it comes to heating, what people worry about most is the cost of it. How yep. can they make their home more efficient? How can I stop paying RG&E so much more, so much money? Um, yeah, right. Programmable thermostats with your friend. Get them as low as is comfortable for you and your family. Obviously, the lower you can go, the better as far as um, making your heating system work. Sure. Um, low, you can get smart thermostats. They're getting more and uh, cheaper every day. Yep. Yep. Um, you can even get some through RG&E, I think, at this point. Um, yes, you can. Obviously, if you don't know what you're doing with them, get somebody to come out and, and put them in for you. But you can have them where you can program them uh, to you know lower the set point of things while you're asleep or you're away from home, which obviously yep. can bring your bill down. Uh, just to give you an idea of like what is a comfortable temperature, this is what we're told as realtors with a home that's up for sale. Se- 68 to 70 degrees is what they say to keep a home at. And that's for A, to let buyers know that the heat s- is working in the home, but yeah, also yeah. that that's the temperature that they've decided that makes things feel homier. So right. 68 to 70, which I would even say is high. Uh, definitely don't keep my house that hot. I don't think, but um, clean and replace I filters think, on furnaces once a month. I, Sorry, go ahead, Justin. I think that's why I got my house is because when, when we first walked in, it was 40 degrees inside <laughs> and I was like, Oh my God, it's freezing cold. So I think everyone else that walks through was like this yeah. cold, this house sucks. It's freezing. 100%. But, <laughs> yeah, just turn the thermostat up. <laughs> yeah. Like that stuff like that. Like you, People will definitely pick up on that. So don't be cheap while you're selling your home. Like, turn it up, but get rid of your little homemade draft covers that you have at your door because then that's going to set off a red flag to people. But um, uh, clean and replace filters, we talked about that once a month or as recommended by the make of your furnace. Clean your warm air registers, baseboard heaters, uh, radiators as needed. Make sure they're not blocked by furniture or carpeting, drapes. Um, check and see if, like, we've got a dog. He doesn't shed a lot, but it could be a situation where, you know, you've got pets that are um, blocking some stuff with how they're shedding. Uh, eliminate trapped air from hot water uh, radiators once or twice a season. This is something that probably you're going to want to get a professional to do. You're dealing with hot water, right? Yeah, definitely. Absolutely. Don't burn yourself. Uh, Place heat-resistant radiator reflectors between exterior walls and radiators. There's basically a lot of the stuff also just comes down to fixing the drafts in your home. Yeah. Sealing things. I was going to say the biggest thing to like, to keep it, to keep it warm is going to be insulation and air sealing, Sure, you know? So if you can, if you can fill voids, like weather stripping around windows and doors, um, if you're, if you're under insulated, you know, budget for insulation, installation, like in your attic space, 
um, insulating your your uh, sill plate, which is in the basement. That's basically where the foundation meets the house. Is also a huge energy loss in that area. So that so that's where you're going to get actually your biggest return on insulation. So um, focusing on those areas, keeping everything nice and tight, uh, keeping the heat inside the house for as long as possible. That's going to be that's going to be where you're going to be saving your money. Mm-hmm. So yeah, those are the big ones. Um, is there anything else you can think of as far as heating tips, maintenance, maintenance tips, or you know, just uh, just general heating knowledge people should know about? Once a year, have your furnace cleaned and serviced once a year, and um, and cooling too. So like, if you have cooling, have it have it cleaned all at the same time. Um, it doesn't matter when; just do it once a year. Sure. All right, we'll leave it on that. Thanks for uh, tuning in to the House School Podcast. Justin, he is with All County Home Inspections. If you need a home inspector, highly recommend him. Uh, Absolutely. If you are thinking about jumping into homeownership this year, I'd be happy to help. Name Shane Allen from uh, Keller Williams with the Anthony Butera team. We'll be back at it again very soon. If you have a topic that you want us to cover, please message us. You know. We have a whole, our whole library is free. Go up and uh, learn about a house. And if you, there's something you want us to talk about, we'll definitely do that. All right, Justin, have a good rest of your day, bud. Thanks. Talk to you later. Yeah.